Welcome to Wood Talk Online Radio, for woodworkers, by woodworkers. Now, here are the three guys who actually are under the illusion that woodworking is cool. Mark, Matt, and Shannon. I'd like to welcome you guys to a very special Wood Talk Online Radio. We're on location at the Woodworking in America conference in Cincinnati, or are we in Kentucky? Kentucky, Covington, Kentucky, and a great, awesome woodworking event. And I've got a couple guests here with me. I've got, of course, our uh, co-host, traditional co-host here is uh, Matt Vangelis. Hey, everybody! He's You're been here since the beginning. Yeah, I'm traditional. Well, we also found out that he is a traditional woodworker. Really? I'm not modern. You're not modern. We'll talk a little bit more about the distinction between (laughs) modern and traditional later. Uh, That's a little inside joke we'll let you in on. We also have a very special guest, Adam King from Woodworker's Journey. That would be me. Dot com. And uh, Adam King Studio on Twitter. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. And we have the one, the only... And I'm not going to sing a live time Tom's tips <laughs> as, as much as I'd like to. But it's not Wait. Tom's lips. No, it's, it's not even my hips either. So. <laughs> Let me put it in my spit barrier in case you decide. <laughs> yes, it's, uh, it's the one and only Tom Iovino from Tom'sWorkbench.com and Wood Magazine. Yes. Which uh, he writes, what, what, do you have a steady name for the column? or is it's it the Shop Monkey. The Shop Monkey? Yeah, look for the Shop Monkey. Appropriately named. Yes. So How cool, I get to sit next to the monkey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the one and only This monkey. is a big deal. This is a big deal. <laughs> Just don't spank that monkey. Hey, easy. <laughs> Whoa, hey, hey, now. Don't oh, shock the oh, monkey. I'm sorry, that's so. right. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of the hotel room, yeah. throwing me off. Yeah, so we are actually in, in my hotel room right now, all huddled around uh, a couch here. And no mini bar. No mini. Well, there's. Is there a mini? Well, if there is, you guys aren't touching it. So. <laughs> uh, but well, yeah, the, the event so far has been awesome, and I thought it would be fun just to talk with the guys, talk about our, our favorite things that we've seen, the funniest things we've seen, and some of the crazy antics we've already gotten ourselves into after just a, a day and a half. Being labeled as the American Chopper group. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we walk into a, a room together, and it's it's going to be a problem. Now, today, most of us are wearing the. Uh, May the Schwartz be with you shirts. They're and, brilliant. Uh, They're just and brilliant. We're, which is basically labeling us as the people who are going to cause problems. The right. makers, yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you don't want them in your uh, in your session if have, you can avoid it. <laughs> I have noticed some of the popular woodworking staff following us, so I think that really says something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, so far, I'm really impressed with the event. The, yeah. uh, the Just all the shows that I've been to in the past have been so focused on power tools. Mm-hmm. AWFS, IWF, they're, they're just not this type of show they're not really our type of show if you really right. think about it um what's great about this and i've got to applaud the effort of the, the folks at pop woodworking is the fact that they're you know they're really focusing on education mm-hmm. and there's a great marketplace downstairs that mm-hmm. you can get lost in for, for hours but they're teaching you things down there too it's more uh it just feels like a, a more low-key sort of throwback to an old style conference where education is a large part of it right i you know i, I will go out there on the record i think in, in the last uh, episode I was a little concerned about how it was going to be, if it was going to be too big, like they're getting way too big for their britches at this point. And I I, I will admit, it still has that same feeling that it has the last couple I've been to. So, again, I applaud them. And I like the fact that they're incorporating... Uh, let's see, last year they had the separate design conference. This time they have the hand tool, you know, the hand mm-hmm. tool conference. And they're bringing all of them in and including the power tool. Right. And the way that they've handled that, again, a huge applause. If they get bigger from this point, I'll really get skeptical. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember you bringing that up the night before on Thursday night. We were talking about that. And this is my first WIA. So I'm sitting there thinking, oh, great. I came in on the one that's just going to be completely ruined from the uh, little friendly <laughs> image right. of the last two. But uh, this thing has really, really pleased me. I've had a blast, but 
because it is still, like you said, it, it has a real intimate feeling. And uh, once again, it's because of the subject matter and it's because of the way they're presenting and the types of tools actually down in the marketplace. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. Real high-end stuff down there. Real you know? high-end stuff. You know, but it's not all new stuff. I mean, you know, right. you've, got, you've got the you know, the Blue Spruce Toolworks and the Lean East and some really great stuff coming out now. But there are a couple of booths down there showing the classic tools. And um, mm-hmm. I got to tell you, I mean, just, you know, the knowledge that these people in these booths have, it's just... You, you can't read this. You can't find this out. You talk to these people, yeah. and they walk around with so much information in their head. They're, and the best part is, they're willing to share it. Right. right. Yeah. You know, whether you buy something or not, they're willing to talk to you for a while. Yeah. You know about tool steel, about what kind of chisel, what kind of plane works for you. Right. That's that's the best part about this is actually get to sit down and talk with these folks. Yeah. Well, you actually got the chisels. You yes, know, I, I mean, did. all this yeah. stuff is for sale. So yeah. Yeah. a lot of times these days. You know, flea market finds, eBay finds are a little harder to come by because people know there's value in this mm-hmm. stuff. So if you know, like you said, you're in the middle of looking for a good set of chisels, and boom, you got what a 50, 60 year old set of chisels. Yeah, that's, yeah, that, yeah. That's the funny thing. I mean, I came to the conference uh, with the purpose of actually going, you know, booth to booth to actually go through and, and compare the chisels side by side. Right. Some great offerings down there, right. mm-hmm. and just you know to then go and find a vintage set of tools. Yeah, um, in very good condition. They just need to be you know worked on just like any other set of chisels. Right. Right. Um, but to find it for you know such a reasonable amount of money for the for the quality of the steel. I came to the right place. Yeah, right. I'll and tell it, you. And again, as you mentioned, the vendor knows what they're doing. This isn't mm-hmm. just some, you know, somebody's, you know, right. uncle who's has a little booth in the middle of an antique store that yeah. goes, "Oh, look at this one. This is a pretty little rusty thing. We'll put it there." Yeah. These are guys that know their stuff and yeah. answer it for this you. This is not a flea market find by any means. No, no. Well, and the cool thing is, half of the time you look at the the banner behind the booth, and it's like, you know, uh, you see the person's name in the company, but then you look at the name tag, it's that guy. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, the people who own the businesses whose names are in the business name are there helping you. I mean, Ron Hawk is here. Yep. David yeah. Keller, um, Ron Hawk. Yeah. 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 Some of these guys yeah. out there. Dave Juski from uh, um, Blue Spruce. Is the yeah. Name. yeah. And then um, Ron Breeze. Ron Breeze yeah. is there. Uh, you got Jamil Abraham from Benchcrafted. Uh, Bob is that Jacuzzi? Uh, check Edge Hand Tools. <laughs> you've, got, you've got the folks from Tools for Working Wood over here. Uh, yep. You've got, I mean, just an incredible number of people. Yep. Yeah, and yep. the, the funny thing is these are the people who are actually out there on the front lines. They're the ones developing these tools. And exactly. Just to get a minute to pick yeah. their brains and right. see what's, you know, they're even bringing out some prototypes. Yeah, and, and they don't mind really one cool. bit you yeah. walking up there and saying, you know, hey, what about this? They will sit there and not like they're avoiding other customers, but they will they'll sit there for the longest time with you and just answer these questions that yeah. you know normally you might spend several emails going back and forth with them mm-hmm. or phone calls and they're they're right there and they're answering it all. So yeah. you know kudos to them for that. Well, we, had a, go ahead. Well, we had a good time yesterday with the elk Oh, okay, the Elkhead tools. Elkhead tools. tools. Uh, yeah, I reviewed them on the site. Yeah. Gary, yeah. Super expensive. But right. when you really talk to the guy and find out what went into making this simple screwdriver, it's amazing. And right. it's, it's yep. clear that the, the cost isn't there just because they want to be jerks. Right. You no. Know, it's and there because it literally has that much value in it. But here's what the interaction with him did. I'm not prepared. I didn't come at all to buy any tools whatsoever. What? No, what's wrong? Yeah, that's, there's some. Problem. Are you okay? I have everything. Get the I hell need. out of here! Oh, yeah. <laughs> then no, what are you doing here? Yeah, you walk through the marketplace, or so many things that you need. I have not been tempted at any point in time to buy a tool. All right, but when we talked to Elkhead and and all you know, looking at the process of the screwdrivers and how they're made, I sat there and I realized I don't have a list. It, that's it. The, the, 
Yeah. yeah. They're mm-hmm. on the list now. The list has been started, and those are at the top. Yeah. Right. Well, it's one thing when you see something on a website or, you know, in a catalog, but when you actually see the person explaining what went into this, the thought process, why the materials they used, and things like that, I mean, it really, it's compelling. Mm-hmm. There is no substitute right. for no. actually holding something in your hands oh, yeah. and yeah. actually, you know, feeling how that plane yeah. adjusts, yeah. feeling well, how those chisels feel. Well, it's, yeah, I mean, think about it. We, you know, the biggest companies, or at least the ones that are the most popular at a certain yeah. level, would be like Lee Valley and uh, Lee, Lee Nielsen. Nielsen. Uh-huh. Both of them are set up with benches. There's, you know, scrap wood out there, and you could just spend hours there feeling these things and figure out what mm-hmm. makes this worth the money that yeah. I'm about to spend. Yeah, and they even have like, you know, their instructors right there to say, you know, well, okay, you're holding it this way, but try it this way. Yeah. And once again, that tab right there plays with your mind. You're like, okay, well, now that I know that this is what I'm going to do, I want it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then it's up on that must-have list. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you guys are open till when? <laughs> All right, yeah. I'll be back. <laughs> this is going to be a weird statement, but walking around that area actually takes me back to when I first got started in woodworking. And all you could think about were tools, 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 and you're drooling oh, yeah. over them, and you're just obsessed with them. And it's bringing a lot of that back. It's it, you know, I have everything I need, honestly. But you walk around, and you realize, okay, this is why I love it so much because you yeah. are obsessed with these. <laughs> it things. lights that fire. Yeah, again. it really does. Yeah, yeah. Well, and the other thing is, this, the size of this uh, marketplace is pretty comparable to like the standard woodworking shows that travel yes. around, mm-hmm. but completely different. Like Way not different. even close to no. the to the you know in terms of the caliber right. of people who are here at the marketplace. You can't even touch it. It's, you know, I've never seen anything like it before. Every, pretty much every booth has something that I'd like to stop by and, and learn about or see. Yeah. The and best I, of the best in woodworking tools, at least in the North American range, are right here. Yeah, yeah. and there are even people now from New Zealand. <laughs> there's somebody. Uh, there's a plant manufacturer that came in from New Zealand. Yeah. Really? Uh-huh. Yeah, right there in the marketplace. Okay. And yeah. you know, these. It's not just. You know the American tool manufacturers yeah. that are represented here. Wow. You've got you know beyond the Canadians, beyond the American. Now we've got people coming from overseas. And to take a look at the variety and see the craftsmanship from different areas, it just, we're on to something. Yeah. Yeah. Woodworking is getting big. Right. And that's a good thing. Yes. That really is a good thing. You know, and and another thing, like, not only are there the vendors that are going to sell you, you know, the tool you can walk away with, but there's the schools that are there. There's a number of little regional schools, little things. Chuck Bender is there. Yeah. Uh, What's that? There was a Rio Grande, which is local. College, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Mark, Adams. Mark Adams Mark is there. Adams. Yeah. yeah, and there's a number of those. That it's just like I didn't know they existed, you yeah. know. And, and it's and they're tucked away in a little place. And this is a person that you know has like one or two people in a class or something, mm-hmm. you know. And it's just neat knowing that, that that person is there. And again, it adds to the variety of what they have in the vendors. Yeah. So that just, I mean, that speaks volumes. They're not just looking for something that's gonna somehow you know pocket you know line their pocketbooks and stuff. They're looking for real education real experience for everybody that comes here yeah. Yeah. and I don't know what the booth prices are but I'd imagine if the schools are getting involved they don't normally have the budget to just go and throw thousands of bucks at a booth you know right. so hopefully if they are if it is expensive at least you know maybe they're getting something out of it yeah, right. you know this is the kind of event all these people here are really here for the education not necessarily to buy tools right you know the tool buying thing is kind of like the icing on the cake really so hopefully these, this is the market. These are the people who you want to know about your school, and maybe someday they'll, they'll get a class. Another thing that really strikes me about the attendees mm-hmm. here, and you know, most of us, you know, when we think about woodworkers, we've, we've actually talked about this, Mark. You know, it's an older man's game. It's an yeah, older yes. person's mm-hmm. game. Right. But I'm looking on the floor of, those, of that marketplace, and I'm seeing people in their 20s and yeah. yep. their 30s who are doing a tremendous amount of work and they're coming there with intelligent questions they're coming there with information to provide and you know that that actually bodes really well for the craft i mean it's it's, 
the knowledge isn't being lost. Right. It's actually being brought in. And, it, you know, even with this, you know, today where you're seeing these shop classes closed in high schools and things like that, mm-hmm. it's good to see people are actually gravitating towards the craft. Yeah. yeah. There was a couple of people in class. With, well, one person today at a class with Glenn Huey, and his son was with him. His son looks like 13, 14 or something like that. Glenn's son? No, that was the guy that was sitting next to oh, me. Okay. Yeah, no, no, I don't I, even know if Glenn has kids. I think he does someplace, but I don't know. <laughs> but they were in the <laughs> class. Yes. Yes. Maybe he doesn't know. Mexico. Yeah, yeah someplace. <laughs> but anyway, he had his, his, the, the guy that was sitting with me, his son was with him. And I've seen that there's a few other people here that have like teenage kids with them. And you can see they're excited about it. You know, so again, that, that feeds right into there that it's, you know, there's this next generation that's coming up and. You know, as, as the other ones are getting out of the way, so we can buy their tools when they're gone. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I see you're looking at that one hand plane. How's your health? <laughs> Have you I'm developed totally. a bad cough recently? <laughs> yeah. Well, I met uh, I met a guy from the I've known him from the website and just emailing Jeff uh, Wagner. I think is uh-huh. how you pronounce his name. He was here with uh, with one of his boys. Now he's emailed us in the past. We posted projects, but not his projects, his kids. Oh, cool. yeah. So he's got like four kids, I think, and all of them have an interest in woodworking. Okay. And, and they're building for competitions and stuff like wow, that. It was just nice. so awesome. And that the kid is. was just on cloud nine being here. You know, he no, was sure. so animated about it. it was, I bet it was you that's great. probably who it is because I know I've seen him talking with you. And, okay, yeah. yeah. And I've been standing there going, uh huh. Hey, Mark, we got to get over to the White Castle thing right now. Let's go. <laughs> Come on, Mark. Yeah, much time, much that time. was so urgent. <laughs> yeah, we needed a slide. Yeah, uh, yeah. Walk the long way. Yes. Yeah. All right. Um, so, so oh, go ahead. oh, just yeah, one other to add on to that. I was working today at the Hand Tool Olympics. Uh, you know, <laughs> Mike Simpson, who runs that woodworking school up in um, up in uh, Minnesota, yeah. runs that every WIA. And I'll tell you, I get the biggest kick. I, I volunteer there every time I come. That was. <laughs> That was the most pleasant and enjoyable two hours. <laughs> I spent a long time just being at that booth, and you know, again with the kids, you yep. know, you'd have dad out there, yeah. you know, drooling on the tools, and mom has you know one or two kids with her, and they're bored out of their minds. Yep. But they have them come over and to you know to bore holes with a bit brace and and to rip saw and cut and, and cross cut. It just and the, and the kids when they when they do it, you know, it's. They have that excitement on their face. I've accomplished something. Yeah. I'm here. I didn't want to come, but look what I've done. Yeah, yeah I like exactly. That. I like that. That's going on right there. Yeah, it's cool. Well, I think I might have pissed that guy off with. <laughs> he said something about you. Is he going to give it a shot? I was like, if I can use my circular saw. <laughs> he said he's like, oh, one of those. <laughs> I'm sure he gets you know plenty of you know smart ass guys. Way to give him the finger, man. And then he goes, and of course I'm joking. Give him the pointer you know? finger. Yeah. I use I use a lot of hand tools in my work, you know. So he, so he doesn't really know who I am. And he picks up a piece of wood and he's showing me now. What if I asked you to cut this? And this would obviously be much faster with a handsaw. And I'm like, I know. I was just you know busting your chops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when they asked me to do it, I said, no, I have a little bit of dignity, and I'm going to hang on to it, so it's well, not happening. <laughs> I gave up all my dignity. I went out, and trust me, I did really poorly on the event. So, yeah, it's, yeah, it's that's, cool. There's a reason why I like my table saw and you know, all that other stuff. So. Yeah. Well, you know, one last thing about the marketplace, of course, we said we had the vendors, we have the schools, but there's those other, there's the, the classes, the free classes. Yeah, the clinics uh, and things. That are yeah, and that Sindler Museum. Is it Sindler, yeah, the Sindler? Traveling Wood Show, oh, wow. or the amazing. Woodworking Tool Show. That's that amazing. That was amazing. The tools yeah. in there are just insane. Yeah, that's, wow. Crazy stuff. All right, so that was the marketplace. Of course, the other component of the show is the classes yeah, and right. the seminars, which were... Uh, top notch as far as I was concerned mm-hmm. I mean it really something for everybody if you're into design you can get that if you want to focus on hand tools you get that and now they've got the whole power tool thing which wasn't just uh, lip service I mean it was really good 
sessions on power tools. So right. I'm just curious, uh, any particular sessions we can kind of go around the room here um, that you guys thought stood out from the rest? Uh, those of you who actually went to sessions. Tom didn't make it to any sessions. I got, I got in late yesterday. So. Yeah, yeah. I'll start with you, Matt. What would you say? Okay, well, since uh, I, I went to the original hand tool one in Berea, and then I went to the design one in St. Charles, uh, so far, I've attended a, a handful of ones. I've attended some design ones. They're very consistent with what I saw before, and I was really pleased uh, in St. Charles with the design one. I walked away with a few things, and I'm like, well, that makes sense. I can kind of see that. Yeah, that makes sense why you would do this. You know, Because sometimes you, you, you don't know the reason why when a design is happening. Yeah. And when you have somebody kind of explain, like, they did this simply because these are the tools they had, so therefore they had to make it work. Right. So that was kind of a neat insight. So I was really curious with the power tool one. I liked the power tool one. I saw Michael Fortune doing uh, Resong Veneer mm-hmm. the other day. That was good. That mm-hmm. was very good because I've read the articles and to see him explain it and you're just like that light bulb moment. They handled it fantastic. I watched Glenn Huey this morning doing uh, sliding dovetails. And again, he, he did a, a great job, knocked it right out of the park. And I, I, I think it's fantastic. They really did an amazing job with it. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I was skeptical. I will say I was skeptical, but they've proven me wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wrong again! I tell you, you're never gonna win. <laughs> I'm not. I mean, in fact, I'm gonna have a T-shirt. Matt's always wrong. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have those for next year. We'll all wear them. I would, what I do you would, think? I would buy that domain right now. <laughs> I like it. I I focus more on design and uh, technique as far as uh, my sessions on the first day. Yeah. I overloaded the sessions for Friday just yes. because I wanted to get it out of the way. Um, so I was exhausted, but I came out of there with my brain completely expanded. Uh, Michael Fortune's design session was amazing. I mean, it was so revealing. And he got into business techniques, he got into design techniques, and he com- he just completely connected the two. And then he took you to the next room and opened his sketchbook and said, all right, here's how I draw, here's how I design. And there was about five or six of us left, and he said, ask me anything you want. And everybody just went around the room. And then he said, did you bring any pictures to critique? And people opened their laptops, and he's critiquing your designs. Oh, wow. And That's awesome. It was yeah. amazing. And, and, and of course, I've idolized Fortune on many levels, and you know we've all had such exposure to him in fine woodworking. And then about halfway through that part of the session, that second half, I'm just standing there. We're just chatting. And then the light bulb goes off. I'm standing in front of Michael. Uh, and then all of a sudden I had nothing to say (laughs) you were dumbstruck yeah I was dumbstruck everybody else everybody else filled in the gaps while I stood there for my fanboy moment (laughs) Um, George Walker's divider class we all ended up in that one yeah Um, Mm -hmm. love George George obviously geeks out on um, you know older and classic design principles Mm -hmm. the guy's a freaking genius you know I love his knowledge Everybody kind of wanted to see him go more towards the practical. You know, at the very end, he's like, okay, here's how you take dividers and you uh, lay out drawers right. yeah. for a piece. Yeah. That would have been great if that would have been, like, the whole second half. Right. Um, you know, and, and I'm hearing that from a lot of people, but they're excited today because they think that maybe he's going to get into a lot of the more practical application. And I hope he does because, you know, I had a conversation with George today. I love him. And we're going to have another one later. And, cool. you know, just sit and talk. But, uh the hand tools that I've gone to, and I didn't go to any power tools, but the hand tool sessions I've gone to have been really good. The only complaint, and I'm sorry, Mark Adams, the only complaint <laughs> I have 
is that you labeled it as advanced saw cuts with the Japanese saw, and the entire session just showed you how to lay out and make a cut okay. with the saw. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really, I mean, there are some... More in- aptly named basic. Basic, yeah. Cuts. There are some incredible techniques that you could do with a dozuki or any number of Japanese saws. Right. And, you know, Adam, just you know, so, you know, last year I went to the WIA and I had a chance to sit on the sessions by Toshio Odate. See, that's and, the one know, guy I miss. I tell you, you know, just being able to be in the room with him and, you know, like we're talking about advanced yeah. concepts... He just explained it very matter-of-factly, but he, the fact that you were actually learning from him, he his it wasn't just this is how you hold the saw. This it was this is how I work, mm-hmm. and just to sit in the room <laughs> with him and watch him work at the bench was just the observational knowledge I got. Yeah, was incredible. I mean, you just can't you you, you can't replicate that. No. And you know, I've I've heard a lot of the sessions have been like that. There have been a few that have had. Yeah, some issues, but I've heard the majority of sessions oh, have been that way, just observational. Yeah, I have absolutely no problem with that. It's just you know, yeah. label it a little bit differently. Yeah, but sure. that's my one regret about WIA this year. Where's Toshio? You know, I understand he's getting <laughs> right. older, and, yeah. but it, yeah, I really wish he could have been here. Right? Um, I would have. I don't know. It just would have been fantastic to talk to him in Japanese, so that nobody knew what we were saying. <laughs> <laughs> so you speak Japanese? I do actually. I took it in high school because I nice. hated Spanish. Nice. <laughs> Some people so. take French. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was me. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I took French because in grade school, that's all they could do because there was one teacher who knew how to speak French, so we learned French. Okay. Then I took it again because I thought it would be easier. It would make my life easier. I already knew some French. No, it didn't happen. It's <laughs> the only class I got to see. Well, just so you know, I took French, and then I moved to Florida where there's a large... French Huge oh, of course. population. Yeah, that's going to help you a lot. It does. I should, I, should have, I should have gone for the Spanish. I think it would help me tremendously. Well, Adam, you, you brought up um, Walker, and he's I've been a big fan of his ever since he came on the scene with uh, Pop Woodworking. Mm-hmm. And um, his sessions were a little repetitive. I was to like maybe three of his sessions, so he overlaps the content yeah. a lot. I, I wish he did go into, like you said, a little bit more depth. But if you're not familiar with him, I, I enjoy the way he discusses design. He mm-hmm. does really break it down into a real simple explanation. The thing is, all of those sessions, they were okay. It's nice to see someone live, but buy the DVD. The yeah. DVD yeah. condenses the information in such an easy way. His DVD, that, and I think Lee Nielsen uh, produced it, is fantastic. And, like you said, you want to see more practical application? Mm-hmm. Right off the hop. You know, he goes into, of course, the introductory stuff, but then immediately starts to design a piece from top to bottom on a piece of paper and shows he's using uh, dividers right. the whole time and shows you how to add the trim and, you know, what proportion the leg should be. Uh, so the DVD is very worthwhile. That was, like, just a fraction of the stuff that's in this uh, DVD. Mm-hmm. You know, it never occurred to me to ask him if he was selling any. I think they are. Here. I think they have them down there. Yeah, probably at the Lee Nielsen booth, right? Okay, I didn't, I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't think about that. Yeah. See, that well, would be know, worth the purchase for me. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's worth it. Yeah. It's fantastic. You know, you've got the advantage when you put it on video that you can edit and you can oh, steer yeah. toward it as yeah, opposed they, to a class where you're, they you're force, just talking. They yeah. force him to to condense. But the thing about George is, and again, I love him, but uh, he just is in. He's so in love with what he's doing that it, he can't help but just tell you everything that he loves about it. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that's great, but um, yeah. if you're looking for a session, it, you got to really think about the audience and teach them. Right. Well, you know, that's one thing that I, I have to admit, uh, 
and, and we saw that again, not to pick on poor George, but the design mojo thing. He even got out there himself and goes, I don't know why we named it design mojo. <laughs> well, know, they need to find mojo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they need to try to <laughs> the poor guy it. was embarrassed trying to define mojo. Yeah. We're back there making the It's comments. like I went to Wikipedia and, and here's what I found. This yes. is the best I could come up with. All the Snickers coming from those two rows in the back. But you know, that's one of the things, and I, I noticed this with the past couple of years, is sometimes the titles they come up with for the classes almost it gives you an impression of what the class is going to be but then you get in and the class is just a little bit different yeah. or in some cases a lot different you know, yeah. the, the first one working in America Adam Carabini got up there and it was something to do with like uh, uh, like one of them is like understanding the many forms of chisels which is one this year I think he had one that was similar to that he got up there and he's like I don't even know why they named that because I don't know why we're not going to discuss that we're oh, going to go nice. to something else and it went in a completely different direction mm. Um, one thing I think I don't know how they could possibly do this logistically or, or put this whole thing together, but it would almost be like if they knew the topics that would be discussed, you know, then in the next uh, uh, conference, almost kind of open it up like, all right, we want to talk about, you know, uh, in the case of like uh, uh, the uh, George Walker with the uh, design mojo. You, if you're attending, you're going to take his class. What are topics you'd like to see discussed in there? Mm-hmm. And then that way it would really cater to the visitor that's coming in to do it. Again, I don't know how you could do that. Right. But it would be neat if you could somehow come up with a way so that you know exactly when sure. you go in there. Maybe sure. some feedback ahead of time as they're planning the conference. Yeah, you know, maybe. Yeah. It's, proposed, yeah. proposed sessions and then say, okay, what questions would you have around this topic? Maybe. Right. Right. That would help George prepare better, right. you know, honestly. Um, but he made the mistake of opening it up for questions anyway. So let's talk about that. So so George is explaining his uh, concepts, and he's you know explaining how he largely focuses on, or or really now, I should say prefers. Before you do this, you're going to make it sound like I did a bad thing. Oh, so I'm going to say exactly what happened. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, let, I'll let them decide. Be questions, okay? <laughs> yeah, we need to let the audience decide this yeah. one. <laughs> so, so he says, you know, kind of a disclaimer. I just favor more traditional designs that have a. Uh, a history, a, a very traceable history for their roots and where they came from. And then some, another gentleman in the crowd said basically that, you know, that's almost a little bit too broad of, of a way of saying that because there's lots of modern furniture that takes, uh, takes its cues from more traditional things. It's just a modern version. And it was clearly a little, you know, he was having difficulty identifying exactly how he wants to explain this and right. what he considers modern. And that's when Adam comes in and says, you know, perhaps, and again, I will give you credit, you were trying to help (laughs) by saying, maybe if you defined what you consider to be modern furniture, we might be able to understand what you mean. And and there was about a 30 second silence. (laughs) He vapor locked. The way I remember it is... I was I was trying to pay attention and then suddenly it felt like the spotlight turned. <laughs> and then Adam was lifted into the air and a booming voice came out and said, What do you what do you think modern is? <laughs> so this this has become a running joke now for the last twenty four hours. Um, just yeah. because I mean it was a, a legitimate question. I just don't think he had the answer necessarily in his head of what, what would you consider modern? No. And he told me today and I put that out on Twitter just just so people know I ran into George and he didn't kill me All right. <laughs> that's, a, that's a step in the right direction yeah, 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 yeah. you're making progress I know we were, we're you know I was worried about you know you guys finding my body with a pair of dividers stuck in my side you're just trying to make sure you're yeah. in proportions yeah. so. and I know some of the guys went and talked to him later on in the day and he was just like yeah that's still messing me up <laughs> well the thing was I think he, he really wanted to give you a good answer it wasn't right. like he couldn't like he wasn't smart enough to come up with it he 
he just wasn't coming up with a good enough answer to, to yeah, you know. Of course. Right. So I mean, he seems like he just seems like a real mild mannered, very you know. Oh, he's yeah. wonderful. But the beauty of that is talking to him this morning. That has led to us going to get together later to really talk about it in depth. Yeah. And I'm hoping to actually record that. Well, that'd be awesome. on the journey. I mean, even right after that whole thing where there was that long pause, he said, I'm probably going to wake up at 3 in the morning and I'll have your yeah. Yeah. So, you know, To me, that's that's an instructor that you want to be with because they're always going to be yeah. thinking about that. And he's also not BSing you. No. no just, right. just to give you an answer. No. And that's, somehow yeah. there was this barbed wire couch with yak hair involved. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to Upper Upper design. Honestly, though, I totally understand what he's saying because there's some designs, like you said, that take some influence from graphic arts and things where they literally look like someone just came up with this idea for this form and poof there it is yeah and you can't necessarily say oh look there's roots in 18th century furniture or right. you can't or mission style or something yeah, yeah you yeah, can't anything. draw that line it's just something new and different and right. i think by saying modern furniture maybe that's a little bit too broad of a category yeah maybe it. it's more conceptual furniture and alternative materials and things where you start mm-hmm. doing stuff like that yeah you know I, I think george's main message that he always uh, the underlying message of everything he teaches is you can't ignore the connection between furniture and architecture because architecture directly affects furniture. Yeah. Sometimes it's vice versa, but usually furniture takes design cues and proportion cues from those uh, hard and fast architectural rules that have stood the test of centuries. Yeah, Art Deco movement. When you take a look at the Art Deco movement in the, you know, right around the Depression... I mean, just the buildings have that look, and then the all the furnishings they do right. that yeah. streamline, that street, that uh, that just strong lines, and it, 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 the two of them played off each other. You just didn't have one appear in a vacuum. Right, right you're right about that. Yeah. Um, and it's when you deviate from that connection that really you begin to question: Are you just coming up with a design and then putting it in the shape of a couch, right? Or are you thinking of a new way to design a couch? Mm-hmm. And having been in the art furniture world, as I air quote that one, mm-hmm. uh, out east, I can tell you right now, a lot of the thought goes into the statement and the design, you know, the the, uh, the proposed message, but they don't think about the end result as far as chair, cabinet. Yeah. You know, they ignore gotcha. any any connection because it's not their purpose. They're not, their purpose isn't to build the dresser. Their purpose is simply to teach you about over-consumerism in America by building plywood boxes <laughs> yeah, and yeah. having pantyhose come out, and that represents pig intestines. Right. Oh, I that was that one of my one. teachers. Thank mm. you very much. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, we didn't get along. <laughs> I can but, understand. Yeah. yeah. But I think that's what George is referencing, is, is okay. work like that that comes out. So, so something that's more art than anything else. Yeah. yeah. How can you even begin to, to really classify that as furniture and classify it as furniture that belonging in a particular style. Right. You yeah. just can't. Right. Um, and really, what needs to happen is um, stop overcomplicating the design and build process and really look to those design cues that have stood the test of centuries, repurpose them in new forms, but still hold to them because proportion rules exist for a reason. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. What, did you, what did you think about the whole, um, forget who it was that asked the question about the golden ratio? Yeah. Because it's one thing I've always noticed about his talks. Previously, anytime I would read something on the, the internet or a website or a blog about design, well, the first thing they're going to mention is this the, the golden ratio. Golden ratio. Right. Yes. And and that's usually when I start to, you know, think about other things and find another page to right. read. Right. It, just, it, really, it really can so run. Yeah, because I'm thinking, like, you know what, so anything I design, I've got to, you know, start doing the division and come up with what, you know, 1.618 or whatever it yeah. is and figure out what these dimensions are. That's just annoying. 
And then when you listen to him talk, he never even brings it up. He just talks about whole number ratios. Right. So his, you know, someone had asked him what, you know, how does this all tie into the golden ratio? And he basically called BS on it yeah. for the most part, you know, and that it's just kind of a uh, what he said, urban legend, but kind of like a, a myth, you know, yeah. that it's not really something. Although there may be, and it's close to what, what was there, a three to five ratio? What yeah, was, about yeah. a three to five, something like that. So I mean, he said, it, you know, I could see where it, it comes from, and it's close, but it's it's kind of just a sexy thing to talk about, yeah. but not real practical. Having written on the golden ratio a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm a fan of that, but a three to five, like a whole number pro- proportion scale that George talks about, he he may not actually come out and say, oh, you know, that's not the golden ratio, but it actually kind of is, yeah. Because the golden ratio isn't a hard fast rule. It isn't when you use it and come up with those numbers. That's what you have to stick with. It actually is, is an approximation tool. It's like a slide rule. Right. I use it. Well, it's like any tool you have in your shop. It's not for use all the time. Right? Mm-hmm. It's only for appropriate, you know, application. I like the golden ratio simply because if I am using it to define the starting dimension of a piece, mm-hmm. whether it be a cabinet or a table or something like that. Now, most of the time, you can pretty much approximate based on existing pieces, but sometimes if you just don't know where to start... I think it's a good way to approximate a dimension to then build from, but it doesn't mean you have to hold to it. So right. I find yeah. it's a helpful tool, but George simplifies it based on 17th and 18th century early American woodworking, which really was built, uh, they were building pieces for the duty that the piece was going to perform and for the space in which it was going to live. So that's where they took their proportion cubes. Yeah. So Well, and he's got, I mean, how many examples of, of perfect ratios, you know, throughout a piece. His, his right. slides were really good right. uh, depicting, you know, where you could pick out perfect squares, mm-hmm. you know, this mm-hmm. ratio, that ratio. You can't really well geek done. out on using the golden ratio, obviously. Yeah. So that's really where it gets ridiculous. So right. uh, for me, it's a good design tool. It's practical. But I don't use it all the time. Yeah. So... Cool. Um, the other class that I thought was really good was Mark Adams this morning. Oh. I just, I'm a fan of Mark Adams. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He's kind of geeky. You know? oh, I like and him. I, I, I like just, him a lot. Yeah. yeah, he's cool. Um, his talk on, what what was it, circle? Well, basically uh, router jigs. router jigs for inlay ellipses and faux dovetails. There you go. Faux yeah. dovetails. Faux. And Matt and I were thinking about we we're going to go get some little paintbrushes and yeah. water paints so we could paint on yeah, some dovetails. Marbleize them. Maybe stamps. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know <laughs> how I feel about faux dovetails, so enlighten me on the class. Well, I, here's the thing. Faux dovetails is one thing. If I were to name that, I would have called it mitered keys. Oh, you know, like dovetail keys, yeah. dovetail keys yeah. which do actually have a functional purpose oh, okay. in reinforcing a miter joint. Yeah, but they sense. also happen to look like dovetails, so we call them faux dovetails. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, but that was good. But his uh, circle jig, and then how that tied into his ellipse jig, right. was really well done. So you know, you can use these two jigs together. Uh, ellipse being just on a flat plane or on several? No, no flat, 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 oh, like okay. a tabletop. Oh, okay. yeah, like an X Y axis. But still, with the shop. Materials to see what he did to come up with, you know, he's got a plexiglass base, and you could think, you know, standard like tremolo arm type thing for a circle jig, that's easy enough to make, but how do you do an ellipse? So he came up, you know, he's got this really relatively simple jig that you use in conjunction with the circle jig that allows you to do a perfect ellipse. Cool. And yeah, it was was cool. And he said, you know, if if somebody wanted to check that out, he does have a DVD for it. It's XL in the uh, 
down in the, the vendor area. Maybe you want to check yeah. that out. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> maybe yeah, there we go. Yeah. Yeah. That's maybe what. That's all this stuff is: is teasers for their DVD. Yeah. Yes, and there was a lot of it's that. His, his DVDs are great. I actually right. have all of them. Okay. Fantastic. I can see that. Yeah, he definitely. He really knows his oh, stuff. Oh, Michael Fortune's DVDs are sold out, and his bandsaw blades are sold out. But it's amazing how many upsells all these guys have. Yeah. But that's he, brilliant marketing. He has. Be, he had, So he must have like. Blades from that company, General. BC Tool. Uh, maybe it is BC. Because in, in the talk, he was like all about BC Tool. And yeah. the funny thing it is, is I Tool. had no idea who they were until they contacted us last month. And the giveaway on our site this month is for a package of BC Tool and Saw and Tool oh, or whatever. Oh, cool. Crap, on Blades. <laughs> yeah, Put some and comments on the site. Yeah, man. I, I will. Oh, actually, sorry because you're on the show now. You're ineligible. Oh, <laughs> I knew it was a trick to this. I knew. But we do have parting prizes for everybody that joined us in the studio today. Well, you Reach pay- under your seat and see what you get. Ooh, <laughs> no thanks. You gonna pay first to crack open the minibar? But yeah, he um, he was all about that company. I, I've never used their stuff, and they were new to me. But he was that was it. That's right. all he uses is BC. So right. well, one thing I loved in that resong thing yesterday was so many people were skeptical about his idea of like one finger and two fingers. <laughs> you know, it should just be just enough to push it with two and hold it with one. And the yeah, but what if it's like this type of hard wood? Yeah. You're gonna need more pressure. He goes, no. If you have it set up right and you're doing it, you should only need two fingers to push the whole thing along. And I'm like, that's great because I've, I've had those moments down there. I'm like, just push a shoulder in like a blocking sled. You just kind of push it through. Yeah. yeah, everybody get down here. Help Daddy push us through. <laughs> you're like, what's going on? This is Douglas fur. You know, the only thing I didn't like about it, and I guess it's you got to you got to trust the guy because of how much time he has in right. this industry and experience. Um, but a lot of what he said, you can't deny the fact that it directly, well, this is pertaining to bandsaw setup and, you know, getting ready to cut veneer, directly conflicts with a lot of other people mm-hmm. who have a lot of experience in the field. And specifically, if you've ever seen David Mark's DVD on uh, bandsaw setup, there's a lot of things that uh, Fortune was saying that are basically a waste of time. You know, that you should never have to address, adjust for the drift if you center the blade on your wheel. Mm-hmm. Right. Now I've I've centered blades on wheels before and had to adjust Still for drift. Still had to adjust for some. Kind so of I mean, yeah. it, there's something to be said for consistency. He says he's got a, a saw that he's had for what thirty years mm-hmm. right. that he hasn't had to change the tires on and all these things. So maybe he just has such a consistent setup and he keeps buying his blades from the same place mm-hmm. that he's got it dialed in and it's at a predictable thing. So maybe that's the key is keep using the same manufacturer yeah. and then you keep putting your blade in the same place and you too will have. Predictable, you know, consistency or a lack yeah. of drift. And I guarantee it's not a 14 inch delta that he's using. But you know what? In his shop, I've seen there was an article, I can't remember who put it out, but it was actually talking about the two bandsaws he's got. He's got a 16 inch general, yeah, and he's got a, a rigid, a 14 inch. He said yeah. he does resawing on a one third horsepower yeah, bandsaw, yeah. and that's yeah. the rigid one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, and yeah. I know I'm, I'm in the habit of telling people ah, if you're going to do a lot of resawing, you want to get at least a horsepower yep. if you can, you know, but it's like. I guess if you're using an aggressive enough blade, you mm-hmm. got everything tracking properly, just take your time, you mm-hmm. should be able to make a sense. How does that motor not bog down? Well, my, my old bandsaw that I had was a one-third horsepower one, and I, I could resaw oak with no problem at it, but it had to do with making sure the blade was sharp, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, and that was the main the thing. Right and, sure, yeah. yeah and make, maybe if I had tried his two-in-one-finger kind of a thing, because that's, again, where I was trying to force it through, and you could hear the motor start straining yeah. the second I eased off of it. I yeah. can keep on cutting, so it's all about feed rate. I've had bandsaws just stop in the oh, middle yeah. of the cut. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I think we've Same all here. been there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sadly, and you're yes. going, do I keep 
Hold, push, shut off. What do I yeah. let go? Yeah. I don't know. You know. And yeah. his tension thing was was interesting too. He's you know says he's got a half inch blade. He's gonna you know tension it to three eighths on, yeah. on the spring gauge. Right. And that's not what we hear either. Normally we hear that those gauges are so far off you over compensate yeah, yeah. and tighten more. Yep. He says no, that you go for a loose tension. Yeah, that that one I still am skeptical about. I have to try that one because I swear I always have to over tension right. get mine to work. So then that makes me think, you know, maybe there really is something wrong with mine. Because we're all going to go home and try this yeah. and, and, and like slice <laughs> off limbs. And yeah, our blades are going to be flying off the wheels. Your forearm is going to. How about uh, no need for the wheels to be coplanar? That's yeah. something we hear all the time. And honestly, I think there. That's a good point because really, once you adjust and track your blade. Is your top wheel actually still coplanar anyway? No, right. It's probably no, at no, some no. random yeah. angle. It's never going to be perfect. Uh-huh. Right. You know, so he, he said basically anything below the table is just kind of an extra detail. Uh-huh. As long as it's not hurting something, it's probably okay. Right. right. Yep. Interesting Absolutely. way of thinking about it, though. Yeah, you know? it's, yeah, yeah he's not telling you go to the bottom guides, put that you know cigarette paper down in yeah. there, <laughs> and you know. And, yeah. But you know what? His results speak for themselves. I mean, oh, you know, yeah. if he's yeah. doing this and he's actually oh, yeah. getting those results. There may be something to it, yeah. and you know, again, uh, is it just a, a coincidence of facts? Is it the similar blades and the similar right. same manufacturer and the same tires yeah. that you're able to precisely dial it in, or is it a matter of okay, I'm switching from this blade to this blade made yeah. by yeah. different manufacturers on my on my 14 inch Delta? I've got to make sure I do these things, and mm-hmm. hopefully everything falls in the right place. So right. it's you know, he always talk about the resizing the veneer portion. He's like, I always do it on the inside of it. Because, you know, you'll, you'll see people, you know, tell you to do one on the outside. And I think there's some ads, actually, like for Laguna or something. And you see them, like, peeling really? the veneer off, and it's on the outside. Mm-hmm. Well, here's the thing. Laguna has their, um, what is it, the, the Resaw King? What is the mm-hmm. name? Is that the it name of the fence? Because oh. the, the, blade the blade is the Resaw King. The right. fence is something else. Resaw something. Resaw something or other. <laughs> yeah. But they've got a, a fence. I have the fence. And you can, once you loosen it up, the dial is really, really sensitive. So you can count the number of notches oh. and move it forward. So you can get an exact uh-huh. movement. Now, the, he says, I don't know why anybody would want to do that, cutting the veneer on the outside of the blade. Well, I'll tell you why. Because you don't have to go back to the joiner after every cut. Right. And, and he, even and said he that said, and someone said, well, what do you do? Do you go back to the joiner to clean up that edge and then saw again? And he said, yeah, I have to go back and forth. Well, there's the reason not to. I mean, it's an expensive fence, but yeah, right. the logic there is I could just crank it to three notches, and then I've got the new cut, and I never have to rejoint that initial That does uh, make sense. Yeah. And it's consistent. Does. The results are, are dead on. Really? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. It's, I mean, it's a really, really good fence, but there's the reason to do it, but you can't do it with your stock fence. Right. You have to cut right. with the... And that makes side. sense, because you've, you've got that one square face and the square edge, and that's all you're referencing continually. Yeah. To make the cuts. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, the other thing was his uh, statements about the Carter bearing guide yeah. for the blade. Basically crapping all over that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't like him at all. Now, I know, um, is it, I had a, a Minimax yeah. makes a really good bandsaw. I used to have one. And their bearings run where the uh, the blade, it pinches the blade, but the bearings are on the face of the bearing as mm. opposed to the side. Yeah. And he said those are okay, okay. because they clear the dust and blah, blah, blah. Uh, he said all the ones which are basically Carter-style bearings where the um, the round portion of the bearing is up against there and it's rolling with the blade right, yep. is bad because it pulls dust into the cut. Okay, so I that, that's see what that. I have on mine right now, and I've been thinking about that. I was kind of wondering. because it's Well, here's it's, the thing. I haven't noticed necessarily any problem with it, but he says you're better off with, like, cool blocks, you right. know, or yeah. just some cheap, you know, yeah. graphite blocks instead of these $120, gra- or, uh, you know, roller bearing add-ons. Huh. Hmm. Some guy came up to him after that same session this morning and uh, said, well, I, I don't get it, Mr. Fortune. Uh, my, my blocks just wore away. 
He said, well, what were you using? He, he said, oh, I had two little pieces of ABS plastic. <laughs> oh, and he said, that doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, you need something a little more dense, yeah. hard, that's not going to wear away. And he said, well, I thought that's what cool blocks were. He said, no, yeah. no. And well, you could see the compassion on Michael's face. <laughs> Whoever sold you those cool blocks are really uncool. Yeah, so. they're just not going to cool blocks. Well, you know, I want to ask you, Tom, you were at Valley Forge last yeah. year with the, the hand tool. What was the the, uh, the hands-on experience with that? Did they have the separate clinics? They did. Things? There were there were a number of clinics in, uh, at Valley Forge. There were uh, a hand uh, sharpening mm-hmm. uh, for the for the saws. Okay. That was a big booth. That got a lot of people in there. And they oh, don't yeah, have one here, right. but you could hear those files going over the teeth. Right. And somebody was actually sharpening down on the floor. Okay. Um, you know, I was I just after after Valley Forge last year, I actually went out and bought a rip fit, uh, rip saw. Okay. And of course, I haven't had it sharpened yet. I've got to you know, <laughs> yeah. work on that. My thought was to try to stick it in the checked luggage, <laughs> yeah. so I don't get stopped and frisked by TSA. Um, but the whole idea was to see if anybody could help me sharpen it or, or, or teach me the right way to sharpen it. Right. Um, but that hands-on class was just so well attended. The stuff at the bench. Right. Um, there were some chiseled uh, classes, some some plain classes. They were right there. Near the marketplace, and right. I noticed it's a little different the setup this year, right. where it's more instruction as opposed to hand uh, hands. Uh, that's on. what I was going to ask too. Yeah. See, I, I expected based on what I've heard in the past, the focus on being able to actually get you know practical hands on right. doesn't seem to be as much of an issue. This is more lecture. Yeah. But, yeah, but you know, to to bring it out, you know, every vendor, you know, you can hold a. a a, a, a breeze plane, right, right, and actually get your hands on that. And yeah, we were down work. using those yesterday. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. I, got, I got my fingerprints all over them. Oh, that's well, they're too beautiful. Uh, so, that was but yeah, you actually get that hands on with these other tool vendors. And, and again, they explain everything to you. Yeah, with the, maybe a little tweak here and there. But it's not the same as hands on from the instructor, right? And that right. was what you, know, you want to learn how to sharpen an axe. You want to learn it from Roy Underhill, right? <laughs> well, that, that was the thing. Is yesterday yeah. I had those. I had my tools with me. I didn't bring my tools this time around because of that reason. I mean, I was walking around with a whole bag of tools yesterday. Thinking at the end of every class, I'm like, well, we're going to step back here because they've got the benches up. Uh, we could have, from what I understand, but it feels kind of awkward because most of the instructors are sharing a room. So one finishes up a lecture, and, and they're like, let's go to the work. You're back there banging out dovetails. Yeah, 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 exactly. Let's go. Yeah, let's go. It, it wasn't real official. You know, if right. there was really like, okay, let's go into the practical hands-on now. Everybody who's interested, come back to the benches. Right. And then it becomes a, a, another thing. I didn't really see much of that happening. Maybe no. a random person here or there. Right. It's all, you know, Schwarz this morning uh, trying to use a Japanese plane. Yep. <laughs> I got yeah. to on that. <laughs> you know, but other than that, I was actually, I don't want to say disappointed because I wouldn't have really done much hands-on myself with not having any tools. Right. But it just seemed like there was supposed to be more of that. And right. there wasn't. And I, I noticed there was a number of other people that were walking around with their tools, and I think they were thinking the same thing, yeah. that it was going to be this very separate thing. Where you could do that. Well, they even advertised it. Yeah, they did. Bring your tools. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Bring the your second tools. half, like the first half is the lecture. Right. Second half is going to be more of a hands-on. Yeah, and I know they'll say it was just a matter of you needed to approach them, which is true. You did need to approach them to do it, but it would have felt awkward being in the back of somebody's that's, class. That's not know? how classes work. You don't wait no. for the student to come and ask for the help. You've got to guide right. them to it because most of them want to do it. They're just afraid to say something. Right. Because I mean, like yesterday there was that uh, Schwartz in the router plane, and if anybody from the class before that wanted to get on the bench. Well, most of us were sitting on the benches. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Everybody was in the back. Yeah. Standing yeah. room. Yeah. Well, next year, wherever they have the venue, they need to combine just like they did this year. No no separate hand tool design across the country. Yeah, Make agreed. it one event just yep. like this. And then at the end of the class, they need to space that out so that you've got an hour afterwards to go into a very dedicated room with benches, wood, and the instructor. 
And that instructor has to go through the practical application of what he just lectured on. Right. right. That's next year, Schwartz. <laughs> Pay attention, kids. <laughs> well, and here's the thing. I mean, it's still relatively new. It right. seems like every year they're learning more about it, how right. to structure it, taking feedback. I mean, it's changing every year. So yep. you got to you know take the good with the bad. I think it's it's definitely this combo thing is the way to go. Right. But you know, but what? it still oh, needs yeah, some some refinement. But you know what, Mark? I That's the sign of a good. Conference. Yeah. That's a sign of a conference where people are thinking. It's yes. adjusting it's to what people want. It's continually evolving, and yeah. because it's evolving, they're trying to make it more custom. They're trying to make it more valuable to somebody who comes out. Well, you yeah. know what's, You know why it's evolving though. They're listening to this right now. Oh, no, they are. Well, not. <laughs> well, maybe <laughs> they are listening right now. In the future, they might. Yeah, but yeah, right they, now, somebody <laughs> might actually go and listen to this. Yeah, um, right. yeah, but the idea is, you know, by by taking the feedback, by taking oh, yeah. what works, what right. doesn't. You drop what doesn't you evolve? Eventually, it evolves, right. and you know if you go to the same show every year, you're going to go twice, and then you're going to say, "I don't have, to, I don't yeah. have to go, yes. or I can miss it." Yeah. This year has been different and valuable. Yep, it's just as valuable as last year's, but it's been different, so it's been valuable in different ways. Right, just yeah. keep which, letting which the people continue, build the yeah. conference yeah, for and, you. And, and yeah. being somebody who was at the first one, it it still has that feel. You want to be there. You're enjoying it. And, yeah, I'm still walking away. I know for a fact that I'm going to walk away in a couple of days at, at the end of it, and I'm going to look back, and there will be just so many things that I didn't think I learned, yeah. but they're just going to pop yeah. in there. Yeah. Pop yeah. 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 So it's a kudos to them. I just hope next year um, they, they organize it in such a way that maybe you can have a limited amount of people who can sign up for the hands-on after. Yes. Yeah, and yeah, when, yeah. when the space is gone, it's gone. Mm-hmm. That's and, true. And they that did that sense. in Korea. And yeah, then you'll be they, committed, and now the instructor knows. You know, And yep. people can sit by and watch if they're not actually doing it, but yep. if there's only room for ten people or five yeah. people, there's only room for five or even, even take turns, you know? Yeah, well, you try the technique, you look at the guy behind you, he's got those eyes like, can, yeah, can the I do eyes. They did that in Berea, and as far as I could tell, it worked out fantastic. Yeah. It was, it worked out, you know, people yeah. were really satisfied. Yeah, and, well, that. and the thing is, the schedule here, there's clearly no regard for if you're actually supposed to be in that class. Right, yeah. And I don't think it's too much of a problem, but it does lead to some classes being overfilled. Oh, yeah. Just because people saw a crowd and they go, hey, what's going mm-hmm. on over here? Yeah. And this, I mean, I personally left my schedule you know in the yeah. room I haven't yeah. even looked at I the schedule well decide. that's where the, the marketplace can get dangerous because you start talking to a few people that you haven't seen in another class you're like hey where are you heading to yeah. and suddenly you hear this you just buzz about oh, yo you uh-huh. have to go to this class <laughs> right, <start laughs> falling right in the packs, yes you know? exactly yeah. yeah I think they're going to have to get a little bit more restrictive with that you right. know to keep it's things it's probably unfortunately going to come to that I do like yeah. the ability to just kind of wander and right. go oh, oh it's that, great right yeah. there yeah because things I signed up for I look at them later and I'm like what? The, like, yeah. Why is this interesting to me? <laughs> Wait, why am I going to go sharpen curved it, plane irons? <laughs> in Korea, they had like these little tickets that you would have to give your ticket to get in, okay. especially ones that were you know sold out, yeah. and that's how they get you. But I think those little tickets start to become you know you can almost trade those in the black market. <laughs> start to get you know what can you get a kidney for that? Yeah, yeah exactly. Hey, that guy's got a printer back in his room. <laughs> yeah, Valley Forge last year it was it, it, it was more like this where you. You could sign up. You can select classes in advance, but you know nobody was going to you know come out and find you and pull you out if you yeah, right. right. exactly. Class, so. yeah. right. Well, especially yeah. with our crew, right? Oh, and my. That, I mean, that brings up another thing. Yeah, that I mean, brings yeah. up probably the most <laughs> important part. What, what do you think they're going to do? In anticipation of the woodworking blogging crowd next year, well, I not, not let us go, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just want to put a flat out There's apology right now to everybody that we bumped, uh, annoyed. Uh, well, I just want to apologize to everybody. <laughs> Accidentally unzip their bag yeah. because you yeah, heard about that one. Yeah. Vino, hey, that happens. That happens to me all the time. But the main thing with that, though, though, is is there is a sense of camaraderie. You get here, and even if you come by yourself, you don't know anybody. 
before the end oh, of the you first day, you're you in like those yeah, somewhere. You will, yeah, yeah. You, you'll have a buddy that you, you're walking around with. You know, I, I got to tell you, I mean, right now I've been going on for three years with Tom's workbench, and there have always been the regulars who come and visit, yep. who read, who comment, who you know we meet and the Wood Talk online chat, yeah. you know, all these right. different things. And you, you've got the names, and you start to get an idea of the personalities. Yeah. Who's funny? Who's serious? Who has that you know different look on on things? And then to actually meet them, yeah. to put the name with the face to yeah. understand that personality and say exactly what I thought you'd be <laughs> or I had no idea you were going to be like that you realize that Bo is, is just as much of a smart ass in person yeah. yes. Yes. as he is online Man, like, Tom, you had to go tell. I was actually going to say that I like you but oh! I didn't <laughs> No, it's okay, man. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Meeting all these people is crazy. It I mean, is. just I'm uh, just trying to think of some of the names, and I know I'm going to leave some people out. But in the in this main group that we were hanging out, we've got uh, Kentucky Bill was yep. there. Uh, of course, Boas. Yep. Uh, Diami. Yep. Yeah, Diami. Yeah. Nick, uh, yeah, well, Nick Brown. Nick Brown. Yep. There you go. Uh, his dad. Yes. Which he's a very nice guy. Uh, Aaron Marshall, the guy who does all yep. the SketchUp work for yep. me. Uh, who Let's else? Um, J- Jason Krager popping in and out a yep, little yep. bit Torch. with his father-in-law. Yep. Torch. Torch. Yep. Torch. Torch. Uh, Matt, Matt uh, Uppercut. Yep. Thanks for glaring with his With his bald head. <laughs> <laughs> Do you notice any glares on our uh, videos? Carrie uh, <laughs> Haltman's here, Carrie although Hall. I haven't seen her. Yeah. She's a ghost. She I is. choose to believe she doesn't actually exist. <laughs> she's she's, she's more shot. of an entity... Sort of she appears when you need vapor. Her. She's yeah. the, like Mother Nature. She's there. But <laughs> she's actually so working Mother Nature. <laughs> Help me, Carrie Holman. Uh, Tommy McDonald. Tommy McDonald. Tommy. Yeah, good conversation yeah, with Tommy. Debuted. Mac. Yep, we ran into Rob Cosman. Yep. Oh yeah, that was yeah. that was like, <laughs> on our way after drinking. Speaking yeah, of bad mouthing people, I'm Matt Fairless. I like to be, I watch your videos. <laughs> I, I, I totally did the fanboy thing. Like I, they weren't talking to me; they were talking to you. And I came up and like. I just got to shake Rob's hand. I'm a big fan, you know, and I didn't know anybody else at that table. And, of course, the first moment of the night, we're having dinner in the exclusive fancy place that... Chalk. Chalk. Duck, duck fries. fries. Duck fries. And, and, of course, the Popwood The insulting waitress. In. Yeah. Yes. yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, you must be staying at the Travelage. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I am. Actually, yes. I, Thank you for asking. See, I don't know if I've had a memorable conference or if I've just made it memorable for other you people. You have definitely made it memorable for me. Yeah. <laughs> Adam, it's, it's, it's a little bit from man, column A and a little bit from column okay. B. It's, it's um, but, uh, just to, just, but just to see the people and just to, just to shake hands. Oh, the personal connections are so worth it. And, and, yeah, I can guarantee that what it's we're talking about, you could probably go to anybody in there, just walk up to Joe Schmo, who I think was over at one of the booths. He yeah, would, he was he, the one he, selling a hand. Joe, yeah, he was. Yeah. Yeah. Joe, yeah. But yeah. You, you could ask pretty much anybody on that floor and they would probably tell you the same exact mm-hmm. thing. That to some degree or another, they've felt that same way yeah. with all the, all the people that are here. To me, this is the kind of place that I can imagine, you know, just looking forward to every year is like the get-together, almost like a reunion right. of mm-hmm. sorts yeah, with people that really, you don't yeah. get to see all yeah. the time. Yeah. You know, it's awesome. And then the thing is, we, we communicate so much online and there's so much of a commonality there that you might think it would be weird when you meet in person. <laughs> no, but it's not at no, all. It just you just pick right up. Yeah. You yeah, pick you right do. up. It's yeah. like you've been friends forever. And the yeah. thing is about woodworking, we do it so frequently just by ourselves. Right. It's my shop. Yeah. I'm yeah. in my shop. I'm working. Sometimes the neighbors will walk by and say hi, but they're not into it. To 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 see the folks who share the passion. Yeah. Who, who just across the board, whether they work with power tools, whether they work with hand tools. Whatever, mm-hmm. just to see them, to meet them, and just just see that 
it, it gives you a good feeling. It really yeah. does. It makes you know you're in the right yeah. kind of craft yeah. and you're interested in the right kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, and, and at that dinner last night, amazing. I mean, just seeing all these people. Right. I mean, it was a huge group at that was, dinner. Yeah. And that it was makes the you biggest realize, wedding like, reception. Yeah. Yeah. What the bridesmaids were wearing. So much like a wedding reception. So very unlike like an AWFS and IWF. They really need to go to, but they're not. This show's not vendor oriented. This yeah. is attendee oriented. Yes, absolutely. Yes. That's what makes a huge difference. Well, and the thing is, the great thing for podcasters and bloggers and stuff is you you really get to get an idea of how much of a, a I don't want to say market penetration, but how much exposure your your stuff gets by just meeting all these people who know who you are. No, right? it's true. Yeah. You know, it's um, an amazing feeling to, to walk the floor and be stopped every five minutes because someone recognizes you and wants to thank you for giving them well, you know, your, free your content. Except after you've dropped like, you know, sixteen ounces of coffee and you're like, I gotta ah, oh, yeah. to meet you. Yeah. <laughs> well and it takes you know, most of us interact on Twitter quite a bit. Yeah. And so it takes hundred and forty characters of, oh that guy's pretty cool to Oh wow, he's a real human being, and right. now I kind of connect with him on a core level. Right. Oh, okay, now I'm actually going to take what he says a little bit differently. Right. You know. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's sometimes I don't know how to take people. Right. I don't know whether they're really kidding with me or do they just hate me. Right. You yeah. know. Yeah. And then you meet him in person, and you go, "This person's a, a, it's a sweet guy. He's a yeah. nice dude. Yeah. He just he doesn't necessarily know how to convey words that also show his emotion." Right. You know? I'm sorry, Mark. And he doesn't use emotional smiley face. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, just I'm just confused. I'm trying to figure out what the hell can Adam do for me in the morning. He's yeah. always asking, "What can I do for you?" I really and I don't know. coffee. <laughs> I don't know. You live kind of far. What can you do for me? <laughs> and that's the other thing is that people want to go back in if they if they're with Twitter check out the hashtags for WIA you'll get a real feel for some of the crap that was going on in the classes and the crap that I had to take from well, you guys the abuse that's what happens when you ask those questions yeah. <laughs> oh, man. and for the record I was not sleeping he was just uh, concentrating for the record you were and I got the video, which I'll put on the site later. And I'm sitting behind both of you. Both y'all's were sleeping. And I just like to say, thanks for waking me up. <laughs> What's my? Oh god! George Walker has the most soothing voice. He does. I mean, it's it's kind of voice you want reading you your bedtime story. He yes. should put out YouTube videos. Just like Bob Ross. Now yeah. you need yes. to relax. Yes. He does have a Bob Ross. The Bob Ross of woodwork. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some happy little cuts. Well, he did get into the whole nature thing. Oh yeah, he's yeah. tying that into which I actually wish he spent a little bit more time on, but. Uh, that was always the cool. DVD. George, I love you. I'm buying you an Afro wig. <laughs> Booyah! I think I might actually buy the DVD. <laughs> Definitely. Sweet. All right, well, I think we could probably close it out. Um, yeah, I think I got a class this afternoon. Hour I got a hit. Yeah, got to get uh, some learning in. So thanks, guys, again. Oh, yeah. We've yeah. got, uh, of course, Matt, Matt's Basement Workshop. We've got uh, Adam King, Woodworker's Journey. Yep. Uh, Adam King Studio on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Tom, Tom's Workbench on Twitter. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yep. And Tom's workbench. Dot com, yeah. Oh, guys. Tom, you, you got any uh, tips for us? Tom's oh, Tom's tips. tips. Just uh, if you if you come to Woodworking in America and you go onto the floor at the marketplace, keep both hands in your pockets and one hand on your wallet because <laughs> it's so quick to come flying out and get some really sweet looking tools. Got got to keep in mind that you're gonna keep an eye on that stuff. Yeah. And yeah. a small padlock on your yeah. Uh, seriously, yeah. Adams around. Well, yeah, there's that too. <laughs> dangerous. Yeah. Very dangerous. Oh, by the way, if you're in Covington, definitely I can recommend the White Castle Burgers. So, right. yeah. yeah, on the corner of Phillips and. <laughs> I'm still Give me about 15 minutes, and I'm not so sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, you guys are gonna pay for that. Yeah. Oh man! All right. Well, well I think we're gonna close it out. 
Did you have something to say? I was say let's just let's go downstairs, cause more trouble, let's kick more stuff over, and sign autographs. And right. please, please <laughs> sign on at Twitter and check out those hash mark W. I keep forgetting yeah. to do the hashtag though. Oh, you've got yeah. it. I have to repost like two or three times. Damn it! Damn yeah, it, I put a lot it. of stuff up too. That's almost worth printing out. Yeah. Oh, seriously. <laughs> anyway, well, hey, I just want to thank everybody who who did come up and say hi to us. Absolutely, yes, definitely. Yeah, it's yeah, really a pleasure. If it we is forgot great to mention anybody, you like us. Yeah, it was an awesome time, and we'll catch you guys back when we're all home. That's right. Yep. Yep. All right. Take care. All right. See you very much, guys.